2 Kings chapter 5. I'll be going there in just one moment. Um, if the devil can get you afraid, he can get you to do just about anything. People who are afraid and in a fearful place in life, they often do some crazy things. If you've ever been in that place, uh, you may can testify to that. If you've been found out, if you've been discovered, if something has been revealed about yourself that maybe you thought no one knew and all of a sudden you, you get to that fearful place in your life, you will find sometimes that you can do some crazy, crazy things because if the devil can ever get you into a place of fear and your pride comes in the way, he can rob you of all of your joy and all of your peace. Fear is one of those things in life, maybe one of the number one things in life that gets people to act out in haste. But God has your back. Amen. And if you know this and you know where your help is coming from, you know that you have access to things that people outside of Christ, they do not have access to. Amen. Uh, in, in second Kings, I want to begin by telling this story this morning of a man named Naaman. Second Kings chapter five, verse one, it says, Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. Let's just pause a moment and wouldn't you love for that to be said about you one day. It is somewhat, it is quite impressive resume that Naaman has. It says that not only is he the commander, it means that he is right under the king himself. The word said that he was also great. The word says that he was honorable. The word says that his country had many victories that, that, that were accredited to him. It says that he was a man of valor. It said he was a mighty man of valor, but we all have a but. You're either going to laugh or be mad at me today. Every story has a but. Your story has a comma, but. He was commander right under the king, but he was a mighty man of valor, but he has leprosy. I have never seen anyone, I have never met anyone in my life that did not have at least one thing that they are wrestling with. Can I get an amen? I've never met the perfect person in my life that had it all together. I've met people that look like they had it all together, but under there was a but in their story. 
I've never met anyone that did not have something that from every once in a while would pop its head up and try to take them out. Here is Naaman and he has a long list of accolades and accomplishments, but he has one thing that's trying to take him out. And in verse two, it continues and says, and the, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back this captive, a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went and told the master this saying, thus said the, the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then Naaman went from his, the Naaman went with his horses and his chariot in verse nine. And he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be made clean. But Naaman became furious and, and he went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and surely he will stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God. And surely he will wave his hand over the place and heal this leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all of these rivers of Israel? Could I not just wash in one of them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in rage and his servants came near him and spoke to him and said my father uh, if the prophet had told you to do something great would you not have done it how much more then when he says to you wash and be clean so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was made clean. Naaman was a captain in the army. He had someone over him and he had people under him. This is a good place, not only for Naaman, but this is also a good place for you and I. I'm going to talk about leadership just a moment. Let me, let me, let me give you some leadership nuggets. It is a good place to be because he had someone that he answered to and he had others that he was leading. How many of you know that everyone needs someone that can speak into their life? Amen. Everyone needs someone. Every teacher needs a teacher. Every pastor needs a pastor. Every leader needs a leader. Everyone needs someone that can speak into them. Even my, my, uh, some leaders that I meet with here in the church, I ask some of these leaders to have three people. I call them the three C's, the three contacts. These are people in the same field that they are in, but they are in a higher level of leadership. They are at bigger locations. They know more. They've been through some things. 
Why do I ask them to have these three people on speed dial? It is so that they have someone who can speak into them. When there is an issue, they can learn from them. They can be inspired for them. And it is a dangerous place to be in if you are always the leader. If you are always the leader, it is a dangerous place to be in if you are the smartest person in the room always because it is dumb of you to always be the smartest person in the room. You need to be hanging around some people who know more than you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thursday, I was on a Zoom call with pastors from all over the nation who know more than I do. I love being in a place where I'm not the smartest person. I love being in a room where I don't have to lead, where I can just sit down and take some notes. It is dangerous when everyone is serving you and you forget how to serve others. Amen. If you lead people, you need someone in your life that can lead you. You need people. It is good to be around people that are better than you. It is good to be around people that do not think you are amazing. Can I get an amen? It's good to be around people who are not impressed by you. And they can look into your life and say, look, these are some things I see. These are some things that you could work on. In Psalm 133, we see this picture painted. Uh, it, was, it was a real story, but it is, it is symbolic of what happens in the church. In Psalm 133, when Aaron was being anointed and it ran down his head into his beard and down his robe, it was proof that oil flows from the top down. And we all need people who are better than us. We all need people who are greater than us in our lives, someone who can speak to us. We all need someone over us pouring into us, pouring the oil on us, speaking into us, praying over us, helping us, inspiring us. If you, have you ever had a season in your life where you just felt uninspired? You couldn't dream, you couldn't see visions, you couldn't think of anything. If you've ever found yourself in one of those seasons, it's probably because you've not been around people that can inspire you and if you're always inspiring other people and people are pouring pulling out of your inspiration tank and there's no one to inspire you guess what your tank will come empty and you will get burned out in life in marriage in ministry if you have no one pouring into you can I get an amen this morning It is so normal to find people just like you and forget to look for people who are greater than you. There is something about like spirits. Like spirits attract. You often find people to be friends with who are like you because like spirits attract. Have you ever noticed that addicts find addicts? I don't know how they do it. Addicts hang out with addicts. They find them and they feed off of each other. If you're an addict, you don't need to hang around anyone who's been in that field with you. You don't need to be tempted by anyone. You don't need to walk in a bar if you're alcoholic. Why? Because you're going to find a like spirit and it's going to tempt you. But what you need to do, you need to find some people in your life. They just love waking up in the morning. They've got the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is their strength. They love the Lord. They love getting up early and going to church. You need to have those people in your life. People who can pour into you. And the better you get, the higher up the ladder of 
spirituality or the, 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 the greater you get, the closer you get to the Lord, the, 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 the higher you get up in leadership on your job, the more difficult it is to find people that can inspire you, that can speak into you. The higher that God raises you, the fewer people there are that have been through that level that can help you. And before God moves you to the next level, you need to take care of the butt in your life. Can I get an amen? Because the higher you go up on a ladder, I don't know if you've ever stood at the base of a ladder and had to hold it for someone, but the higher you get up on the ladder, the more of your butt people can see and talk about. Can I get an amen? Some of you just got an image you can't get out of your head. The higher you get up, if you don't want to be talked about, you better not be a leader. If you don't want to be talked about, you better never get on a stage. You, if, if you don't want to be talked about, you better be careful climbing the ladder because the higher you get, the more people see you and the more they start to dissect the butts in your life because we all have those things. The higher you go up, the more people can see and talk about. So before you complain about why didn't I get the job, why didn't I get that promotion, it may just be God protecting you because he knows the butt in your story is not ready to climb the ladder yet. Amen? Often, we see someone who is successful like a Naaman, who are we are impressed with. And we feel that they have every part of their life together. There is something about American culture that has led us to look up to people who are famous, Hollywood and people, uh, musicians, and, and we idolize these people and we look at them and we think they have it all together because they are successful. And then something happens, their marriage ends, or we find out that they are bankrupt and we thought they were millionaires or they take their own lives. And we're sitting here thinking, you are a comedian. How are you depressed? I thought you had it all together, but you've got to understand that there are people that are amazingly successful in one part of their life, but have felt miserably in other parts of their lives. There are men that have been amazing providers, but have been terrible fathers. They work and they work and they have saved for their children, but they're just, they're just not a good father. There are men that are good fathers, but are terrible husbands. There are women that are amazing mothers and they tend to their kids and they can just look at their kids and they don't even need it. They, they they don't even need a, um, a thermometer. They can just tell the fever. They can just tell what it is. They are amazing mothers, but they couldn't cook a casserole if they tried and had a recipe to do it. And guess what? That's okay, women, because guess what? God didn't call you to be great at everything in your life. Somebody should praise the Lord at that. There's no such thing as the total package. So all the single ladies who are looking for the total package, you're going to be looking for a long time because there is no one who has it all together. Amen. The total package doesn't exist. But Naaman looked like the total package. Naaman was a good man. He had valor. He had a long list of credentials. When he would come riding in on his horse, people would bow the man. What I would give to be Naaman. But he was a leper. 
And when he was standing in front of his people, they could not see it. It was hid by his garments. When he is standing in front of his army, they were amazed at him. They saw the armor. They saw, they, 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 they saw his title and his position. They, 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 they have heard about his valor. They saw all the shiny things. They saw his shield and his weapons and his artillery and his entourage and his boys. And, and, and they were looking and they were so impressed at all the shiny things in life but whenever he goes home and takes off his armor and he lays down his title guess what he is dying under it all and I feel and I'm afraid that this is a picture of the church today we come in with our shiny stuff on and we've got our new pumps on and earrings and bracelets and we've got our new blazers on and we've got our new shoes on and we come in here and we look like everything is all right. But after we go home, we are dying inside because that but, that thing in our story, that just keeps coming back. And whenever I look across the room today, it looks like everybody's doing well, but everybody in here, you've got to know that we have we all have a butt in our story and no matter what people may think about you no matter how successful you may think that you are there is that one thing that keeps lingering around and sticking its head up and is trying to take you out but I don't know about you the older I get the bells and the whistles the shiny things in life aren't catching my attention like they used to. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I, could, I don't care how much you paid for your shoes. I probably think it's too much. I don't care what iPhone you have. I don't care if everything you have is Apple. I don't care about the shiny things in life. Those things no longer, those things no longer get my attention because sometimes I just want to be around some people where I can take off my title and take off everything. Sometimes I want to take the shiny things off of life and I can just remove everything and just be me. Has anybody ever been there? I don't need friends with all these things, no. And whenever you have that thing in your life that keeps trying, Trying to take you out. Guess what? You need a church. You need a body of believers where you can walk down the aisle. You don't have to have on shiny clothes. You don't have to have on any shoes at all. But you can stand up and pull everything off and say, here's my leprosy. Here's what I'm dealing with. This thing's trying to kill me. Can you pray with me? Can you walk this thing out with me? I don't want to be around people that want me to get leprosy and die. No. I want to be around a church that says, show me what you got show me your leprosy I don't care how much is in your bank account show me your sickness I will pray I will walk this thing out with you can I get an amen this morning God is about to make Naaman the exception do you realize in history at this point there had never in recorded history there had never been anyone healed of leprosy and Naaman was about to be the exception so many people want to be the exception, but being the exception is not easy. Being the exception is not what it's all cracked up to be. 
Have you ever got into leadership and you thought, this is not what it's all cracked up to be? It's, there's, there's, there's more people. More, more people. There's more money. More money, more problems. All of this stuff. Some of y'all got that. Back in my gangster days. You know, that's my butt. Every once in a while it comes up. You got it's not all it's cracked up to be sometimes. You say, oh, I want to be up there. But you don't know the headache of up there. Amen. You don't know the headache of the exception. You don't know, you don't know what it's like being the exception when you're the dancing preacher around a bunch of Baptist pastors. You don't know what it's like because people will talk about you. People don't understand you because being the exception means that you no longer blend into those around you. You are different. You've been set apart. And there are a lot of people in this day and time they cannot stand being ordinary in fact right now in American history we are in a season in America where we are telling people celebrate being different come out of the closet and celebrate it you do you you be you and I've been in a, like I said for first service I can I don't ever want to hear another Christian tell somebody you do you that 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 statement was birthed in the pit of hell because whenever you you do you, you do sin. You are born into sin. And if you do you, you continue to do sin. Don't tell somebody you do you and I'll be me. Don't do it. We don't like ordinary in American culture. But whatever you do, don't be a Jesus fanatic. Whatever you do, don't be spiritual. You can celebrate everything else, but don't be spiritual. Don't shout. Don't worship. Don't dance. When it comes to that, you need to blend in. And that's where we are in American culture. What does this mean for this man? I mean, leprosy is on his body. Leprosy was a sickness as unto death. This was not a cold. This was not some sniffles. This was not the flu. No, no. This was a slow death sentence that he had been hiding under his armor. People in biblical times that got leprosy, they died. There was no exception. There was no recorded history of a healing uh, until this point. And all of a sudden, listen, the reason being the exception is so hard is because you can't be exceptional and fight ordinary battles. Exceptional people have to fight exceptional battles. Ordinary people fight ordinary battles. But exceptional people have exceptional warfare. And it's hard. This girl in this story, she's his his wife's maid. And she sees him when he comes home. She lays out his clothes for him. And she's watching as he takes off his armor. And it's revealed he has leprosy. She's there and she says, I see the butt in your story. But I believe. I know you're not perfect. I know you have flaws. But God still has something for you. I know you're not perfect, but God can still heal you. 
I know you're not perfect, but God still has something for you. And the girl thought, I don't want to just sit here and talk about your leprosy. I want to be an agent of your healing. I know a man that can heal you. And the girl says, if only my master were the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And now here is a man that listens to no one except for the king above him. Now here he is. He is breaking protocol because he sees there is somebody before him with a word from the Lord and he takes what she has and now here he is breaking the protocol and the word says that he leaves his homeland and goes to a foreign land. He leaves what he was familiar with. Why? Because God rarely heals you in a familiar place. God will pull you out. He will stretch your faith. He will pull you in the middle of something because he's got to get you out of something so he can get you in your healing. And he gets to Elisha's house. The word says that he has his chariots. He has his horses. He has his entourage. And he's bearing gifts. The commander of the army is standing at the door of Elisha's house. I am so jealous of Naaman in this passage. Because let me tell you something. Whenever we get to heaven, and if you cannot find me, I am looking for Elisha and Elijah. They are my favorite people in the Bible. I cannot wait. I love reading about them. I love preaching about them. They're an inspiration to me. And if you can't find me in heaven, I am probably trying to find where they are at. Naaman is here and he is knocking on Elisha's door. And this is what I love about Elisha. Guess what? Elisha doesn't even get out his recliner. He sends his servant. Go tell him to dip in the river. This isn't just any river. You think Oh, I want to get baptized in the Jordan. Do you realize the Jordan River is the dirtiest, one of the dirtiest rivers in Israel? He said, go dip in that muddy river. Don't just get in it. But seven times I want you to go under this dirty water. And whenever you do, then your flesh shall be made clean. Naaman. Being a man of stature, of valor, of status. Naaman doesn't like this answer. The word says that he storms off and has a fit. He's in a rage. Why? Because Elisha's response hits another butt in his story. His root problem wasn't just leprosy, but now he's dealing with pride. He's too prideful to go down and do something so low. He's so prideful and get down, get down in something. No, I'm too good for that. Do you know where I've been? Do you know the battles I want? I'm not going down and getting wet. I'm not getting in the river. I'm especially not getting getting in a muddy river. Elisha did not give him instructions because I think he knew he, I think he knew that that man's heart wasn't ready to receive it. Elisha knew that leprosy was not the only but in his story. It wasn't what Naaman was looking for. The word said that Naaman said he wouldn't even come to the door. Surely he was going to come out and call on the name of his Lord. Surely he was going to come out the worship and wave his hand over me. Surely he was going to come out and do something. Surely, uh, surely he was going to come out. What Naaman was wanting, Naaman was looking for Benny Hinn to come out of that door. 
with his white coat and blow on him and throw it on him and sing alleluia but it didn't happen Benny wasn't there. He, was, he wanted a Benny Hinn moment. That was what he was. Surely he's going to come out and throw a white cloth on me. Surely he's going to come out and blow on me. Surely he's going to push me down. Surely all of these things are going to happen. No, it's not. Just go sit and dip in a river. Are you serious? How can I get my healing? I wanted something great. And while God was trying to make him the exception, his pride was worried about him looking important, that he was about to walk away from a miracle. Because of a but in his story. A servant looked at him and said, why are you so stubborn? Hard-headed. Benny's not here, but go get in the river. There's no white jacket up in here. Just go get in the river. You said you wanted healing. We're standing in front of a man that can make you the exception. Get your butt out of the story. Lose your pride and go get yourself in the water. Why are you so stubborn? So now Naaman, that only takes orders from the king, has now taken order from a maid, has now taken order from a servant. He breaks the protocol again. He took off all his shiny things. Ban, help me out. He took off all of his shiny things. He let go of his pride. And the word says that he got down in that water seven times. Him getting down was symbolic of humility. God will never give you anything that you don't have to be humble first. Mark it. You want to be a leader? You better get ready to be humbled. You want to be exceptional? You better get ready for your pride to be dealt with because he's going to humble you. The words that he got down in the water seven times. He let go of his pride. Not once. Seven times. I'm going to start baptizing y'all seven times. Seven the number of completion. Seven, the number of perfection. He went down seven times and a yoke was broken off of him. All because he didn't let his butt get in the way of a miracle. In the Bible, stand with me this morning. In the Bible, one thing that water represents is the presence of God. In the Old Testament, you may have heard the story. I, I believe I've preached it here before. And when they walked into the temple and they catch this vision of water that's coming out the door and the worst as they went in it was only ankle deep then they went in it was knee deep and waist deep then finally it was over their head and they were swimming in the water they were not just swimming in water it was the presence of God water represents the presence of God You've got to stay in the presence of God. If you don't stay in the presence of God, that butt will come back up. 
and it will start leading you instead of you leading it. Seven times he went down. He needed to be sure it was completion. That water, it was like the presence of God. Your mama may have been a prophet and you didn't even know it. I think mamas were on to something or your granny was on to something. She didn't even know what she was talking about whenever she said it. But I think she was on to something whenever your mama or your granny said, you need to get your butt in church. It was a different butt. But you need to get your butt in church. You need to get your problem in the presence of the Lord. You need to get that thing that keeps popping up in your life in the presence of the Lord. And you don't need to come one time and leave and say, well, it didn't happen. No, you got to keep it. You got to keep it in the water. You got to keep it in the presence of the Lord. Listen, you will never live a victorious life being an Easter Christian. You will never live a victorious life being a Mother's Day Christian. You will never live a victorious life if you only come on Christmas. No, you got to keep your butt in it. You got to keep your problem before the Lord you got to keep your addiction in the water you got to keep your bad attitude in the water you got to keep your relationship in the presence of the Lord and now here we are in America church attendance at a low of all times over 50% of the nation saying I don't even know if there is a God that is a strategic move of the devil why because you must stay in the presence of the Lord it is time for America to get back to church not only get in church but get the church in your house every day of the week you need to get in the presence you need to get it down before him why because if you don't that butt will come back out and it will start leading you and before you know it You've fallen again. You got to get in the water today. Would you just raise up your hands with me today? Come on, we're going to sing this out today. my life and every time I think there's a period 
Every time I think it's over, every time I think I'm moving on, every time I think it's a new chapter, there's a comma, but, and it pops its head back up and I find myself in that circle again. I find myself dealing with those people again. I find myself with a bad attitude again. I find myself losing the job again. I find myself with the addicts again. If you're in this place, you say, you know what? There is a but in my life and I'm ready. I'm ready to give it to the Lord. Would you just raise up your hands, man? I'm not going to embarrass you. There's hands everywhere. Guess what? You are not alone today. Lord, I pray over every hand that's raised in this place today. Lord, every person that has that but in their life, when they feel like they're moving on and it comes back, Lord, when they, in, 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 in the public, nobody may even know that they're dealing with it. But when they get home, it comes back up and it has tainted their relationships. It has moved in their home. It has moved into their marriage. Lord, today, I pray over the person that's so embarrassed they can't even raise their hands. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm addicted to. You don't know what I've been watching. You don't know what I've been reading. You don't know what I've been doing on my spare time. I just want to remind you that the grace of the Lord and His mercy is new every single morning. You just gotta stay in the presence of the Lord. You gotta stay in His presence. You gotta stay in His presence. Come on, would you just raise up your hands with me today? Come on, let's declare it over this house this morning. Lord, I'm going. Christian is over I'm just telling you there are people the average church attendance now is once a month in America the average church attender goes once a month can you believe that that is three other weeks that the devil is all up in your business and if you're coming once a month you're probably not in the word throughout the week I'm not judging you. I'm just giving you a word this morning. If that is you, you've got to, you've got to get that butt in the church. I'm just telling you. 
I'm just, I know somebody's going to tweet me and use the wrong butt later. It's okay. Somebody's going to make a meme and use the wrong butt later. If you're going to do it, use the right butt whenever you do it, okay? You've got to get your problems in the presence of God. You have got to. It is the only hope for you. Whenever you're at work and somebody keeps complaining about what's going on, say, get your butt in church. Get your butt in the church. They may look at you, but you may have to explain it to them, but you need to get your butt in the church. Whenever, whenever you're around family and you're the only person sitting at Christmas table and everybody else, they don't have faith, they're cussing, they're drinking, anybody ever been there? You are the exception. You say, you need to get yourself in the presence of God. Why? Because it is the only thing that can change your life forever. Lord, as we leave this place today, God, I pray Lord, that your hand would be upon every person. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we leave this place, God, on Monday, we take a dip in your presence. On Tuesday, we stand in your glory. On Wednesday, we take a dip in the oil of your anointing. On Thursday, God, we cry out to your name. On Friday, we get back in the river. On Saturday, Lord, we get back in the river. And on Sundays, we come into this house. And we don't need to be prepped. We don't need to be warmed up. We don't need a word, Lord. We just want to be in your presence, oh God. Lord, let us be a church, oh God, where we're just swimming in your glory all throughout the week, oh God. We all have a but in our story. And I refuse to let that thing hinder me from what you want to do in my life. Therefore, I will stay in the presence of the Lord. Come on, I want you to say this out loud. Say, I will stay in the presence of the Lord. Say, I will stay in the presence of the Lord. Come on, say it Say, I will stay in the presence of the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. Therefore, I will stay in the presence of the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. Therefore, I will stay in the presence of the Lord. As we leave this place, Lord, remind us, oh God, of this word. Keep us safe. Bind us together with strong cords of love that cannot be broken. We love you today. Amen. I just want to remind you to yeah, go ahead and make some noise for the Lord today. I just want to remind you, if you will help us out, listen, it helps our children's ministry out so much if you will take the time to register your kids before you come, before Saturday, Go online, register them. It helps us with services. It makes it quick. It makes it safe for us. So please, if you're not doing that, please go online and help us out. Every week It's just helping us make it quick, smooth, and safe. Remember, just reminder, next Sunday is online only. You can come this Wednesday at 7. 
be in prayer for us be in prayer for me i got to go home take a nap and i'm preaching this evening at a church in adairsville you need to pray for me this is number three today so you need to pray for my throat i feel it be in prayer let's stand together throughout this week and if i don't see you again i pray you have a fantastic uh, fourth of july let's celebrate the faithfulness of god and our freedom amen he's worth it you're dismissed have a great week